Welcome to Inhale, Exhale, Elevate. I am Autumn Shelton. Today's guest is Cody Elliott. This Veterans Day, we celebrate every man and woman who puts service above self to protect the freedoms we hold dear. To honor their courage, we're sharing a story from one of our former team members, United States Marine Corps veteran, Cody Elliott, about his experience of the beneficial relationship between cannabis and PTSD. Cody joined the Autumn Brands team back in 2017 as a quality control manager. At that point, he had already experienced the transition from prescription medication to medical marijuana. But this healing journey didn't happen overnight. Cody says, being a surfer kid from California, I knew about cannabis, but I didn't understand its medicinal properties or the positive effects it could have on my life. This is true for so many PTSD sufferers. Knowledge of cannabis is often limited to a one-time party experience or informed by commonly held societal beliefs about it. The problem is, Many of these aren't entirely accurate. Welcome to Inhale, Exhale, Elevate podcast. I am Autumn Shelton. This is a podcast hosted from our Santa Barbara Coast family cannabis farm to help keep your feet on the ground and your head in the sky. Autumn Brands and our female founders have a message that goes beyond just flowers. Learn about how our two families created a booming cannabis company that is leading the industry towards cleaner and more sustainable cannabis production. We aspire to move beyond strictly cannabis to help plant medicine lose the stoner stigma as we talk about all things holistic health. Welcome, Cody. Thank you, Autumn. Really appreciate you guys having me back. Of course. Always special to see you. Absolutely, likewise. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Can you share your story of service and your struggle with PTSD following your time in the U.S. Marine Corps? Yeah, so I joined the Marine Corps at 17 years old. Um, went through boot camp, did uh, infantry school, and then was to Ford deployed to Afghanistan in 2009, um, came home and then was Ford deployed again in 2011 with my unit, 1st Battalion, 5th Marines. Um, and then this deployment, um, ultimately would become a different story. I ended up stepping on an improvised explosive device over there, um, leaving me with some pretty catastrophic wounds, some amputations, and you know, ultimately some some really heavy um, mental aspects as well. And once I got home back in the hospital, um, really did not know what life was going to be like. Um, laying in a hospital bed, um, highly doped up on twenty different medications. It seemed like um, the, the journey just seemed like it was going to end there. Um, but you know, fortunately, um, once I was able to retire from the Marine Corps, um, I kind of was able to delve back into the, the use of cannabis. And at that point, it really kind of took a turn for the best, um, being able to use cannabis in this sense to not only heal myself, but, you know, ultimately tell others, you know, how this one simple aspect could, you know, potentially help them. You know, I won't lie and say it's a one size fits all aspect, but, you know, for me personally, getting out of the Marine Corps and being able to go from 10 different medications on the outside to implementing one aspect, um, the use of medicinal cannabis um, was instrumental in not only my healing, but my growth as a person and gave me kind of a vision of what life could be like, if that makes sense. Of course. That's, I mean, what an incredible journey and story and you were so young i mean when this happened to you it's life you know life changing um did was there someone that really kind of opened your eyes up to cannabis being for medicinal purposes um or was this early earlier on after your 
your accident or did it take a few years to really kind of find this better path? I would say, you know, being that kid growing up, like you said, in, in, in California, you know, their cannabis was definitely, you know, something that we did just growing up as little, little turd rats, you know, um, but <laughs> implementing it in, in a sense beyond kind of just being inebriated, right? Um, that I just kind of went off on that by myself. And, and the fact that it was medicinally legal um, made it even that much better to be able to use what was available at the time. Um, I wouldn't say there was one individual that kind of pushed it. I mean, I, I had a nurse, you know, at, at one point say, you know, Cody, I used to, you know, lie to get my pain pills um, because, you know, it was just down in a bunch, you know, for the mental aspect as well, physical. And she said, you know, do you want to be taking this, you know, double this when you're 30? And I said, no, um, I don't. So, you know, cannabis actually led, you know, led me to be able to go cold turkey off all those medications once I was able to retire from the military. But uh, yeah, ultimately, back to your question, I, I wouldn't say there was one person. I definitely knew it was there. Um, I, I kind of had a vision for the healing properties it had um, and, and attained, but, you know, being able to implement it myself, I really got to see, wow, you know, this is something special that, you know, a lot of my brothers and sisters could potentially implement as well. So yours, so can you explain a little more about when you say retire from the Marine Corps? It's not an automatic just discharge when something like this happens to you? Is It was a process? It is somewhat a process, you know, majority of that process is spent inside the hospital and then you kind of go to what's called a wounded warrior battalion. Um, and they actually, you know, for, I think for a lot of us, they, they gave us the option to stay in the military if we wanted to. Um, being an infantry person, though, I, I couldn't see myself behind a desk. Um, I, I loved my job and loved what I got to do. And I, I just couldn't perform that job anymore. Um, so, you know, ultimately I had the choice to stay in, but also be medically retired from the military. Um, so I, I chose a different path to medically retire from the military. Um, I think about two years after my injury. So tell us more about this, how this kind of works retiring. And after you have some type of incident like that, are you, are you going to be staying, you could stay in the Marine Corps or is it an automatic kind of honorable discharge at that stage? So the military, you know, the Marine Corps will actually give you an option, and I believe they gave most of us this option to stay in the Marine Corps as well. Um, but being an infantryman and, and doing what I did before, I, I just couldn't see myself sitting behind a desk and, and pushing paperwork or something along those lines. Um, so ultimately, I made the decision to, you know, like most of my brothers and sisters, just to be medically retired from the, from the Marine Corps. And, you know, at that point, you know, received a retirement pension for, for being wounded in combat and everything. And, um, you know, that, that probably was the, the best decision I could have made personally, but yeah, not, not a instantaneous, you get hurt and you get out, you know, you spend time in the hospital um, and then you'll go to what's called like a wounded warrior battalion where you kind of do a little bit more therapy. And then, you know, the, the process can be pretty strenuous at times and, and take anywhere from a year to two years to fully retire. But yeah, that's kind of how it goes. And were others also in your, sorry, I don't know all the lingo in your, no, in your team, were others also affected like you were affected? So this deployment was actually pretty rough for my company. You know, a lot of a lot of platoons and, and teams had some guys, a lot of guys get injured and killed. 
Um, there was a few that were at the hospital with me, and then some were at other hospitals like in Texas and, and another one on the East Coast in Maryland. I was fortunate I was in Maryland and then went over to San Diego, California to kind of finish out the rest of my recovery time. But yeah, I mean, I would say there was an ample amount of, of gents and ladies there during that time. It must have been just an intense, intense moment in history for, for all of you. Um, and, and I didn't know you personally before this happened, but I've known you after, and you have just such incredible positivity about life and gratefulness. You know, how do you, how do you come back from something like that and be able to find just that incredible softness and love in your heart that you're able to just continue to give to others? I mean, I'll be honest, initially at first it's a struggle, right? Um, you're, you're questioning your worth, your value at that point. Um, you're questioning why me, why, or why me, why not, you know, why didn't I get killed over there? And, um, it, at first it was just an uphill battle. Um, but fortunately, you know, there, there are great mentors that have came into my life that kind of showed me this path of, Hey, you, you know, your brothers and sisters wouldn't want you to be sad and, and drinking a bunch of booze for them. They would want you living. Um, and once I heard that from one of my great mentors, his name is Jack Lyons, and he was a Vietnam vet, <clears throat> someone already experienced through this multiple times, right? Um, once he told me that, I said, that is just absolutely the nail on the head. Um, there is no reason to to suffer and, and wonder when you know, your brothers and sisters are looking down on you from above, like saying, get your ass up. It, it's time to live life. And that kind of became my metaphor to, you know, what I visualize success being, whether that be in my personal life or my family life. And it, it's just been a catalyst for me to, to be able to hopefully implement positivity in others' lives and, and you know, through my story. I love it. I love it. And I've always loved your your positivity and I find it really encouraging for anybody that goes through any difficult time in their in their life um, to be able to come out of something like that and continue on and know that life is more important than than booze. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> or booze like and that. pills. That was the thing, yeah. right? It was yeah, here you go, man. And you know, that was just it that was just it drained you and it, it brought up mental instability. And it's it's not that to say that it's not there, right? It's not the suffering is still there. Um, I'm reminded of it every day I wake up when I put my prosthetic leg on. But you know what? The the mental grit is now, um, you know, hey, we got to push on with the day. You know, no pain, no gain, right? <laughs> well, let's into, so what benefits do you see by using cannabis as an aid to go about normal daily activities by curbing anxiety and PTSD? In, initially, it was, you know, full on just to be inebriated, right? Um, I, I guess it kind of took the place of those pills and um, just to be able to move physically. Um, you know, a lot of the evidence out there is anecdotal, right? Um, you know, but now we're starting to find the science behind it. Um, but initially, it was just about to push on with life. Um, and I, I kind of, I, I would say, use it as a blocking mechanism. You know, if I could be a little bit high, it would allow me to go through my my day a little bit easier. Um, but, you know, it also had adverse effects, I think, at, at some point where, 
you know, it, yeah, it was great. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, now I'm, am, am I not using it in a medicinal sense? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when I shifted my mentality to use it in a more medicinal sense. And, you know, I guess see cannabis more useful than just being, you know, stoned or high. Right. But, in, you know, right. it for me, it ultimately it allowed me to not think about the pain as much. Um, and from that point, you know, it just the kind of transcribed from there and, and being a useful tool to not only be able to go throughout the day, um, but like you said, somewhat control that anxiety. Um, but also, you know, to help a little bit with the pain, you know, using some edibles and things like that, you know, not so much the, the inebriation of the mind, but, you know, stuff that can also help the body. Um, and that's kind of what transcribed. Yeah, cannabis can be can can cause anxiety for some people. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's important that people really understand how their bodies work with cannabis. And like you mentioned, exactly. it's a very it's a very individual um plant for everyone you know it, it mm-hmm. is something that naturally combines with our receptors our endocannabinoid system but it's not something that works the same for every single person um and so being able to find that moderation and what really works to kind of help whatever elements that you're having mm-hmm. um is is very key and so yeah i think and also as we get older we also realize moderation you know is a little mm-hmm. more important than when you're a little younger and just trying to get um, inebriated as well. Those kids in the family, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. And that ch- changes as well when you have a family and yeah. you have now a lovely wife and son river as well. I do. You just turned, mm-hmm. you just turned five. Correct. That's am- yep. That's amazing. Um, well, we'll definitely need to have you out. I know my son Lennox is dying to see Cody and the wolf. From, from <laughs> Still got bruiser. Love Still it. got the dog. Well, any advice you can share with a fellow veterans seeking a more holistic approach to mental health and wellness? Absolutely. You know, like I said before, um, cannabis usage is not a one size fits all in this aspect. You know, I've, I've definitely met some veterans that have had some adverse experiences with it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, a majority of the people and veterans that I know that have kind of delved into this aspect have, have found it to be quite a healing property in their life. And, you know, I, I will just tell, ev- you know, everyone out there who might be struggling that, you know, don't knock it before you try it, um, you know, or seek seek some medical advice regarding it too. You know, if it's, you know, looking for an amount to take, whether it's an edible or, you know, using it for nighttime um, to sleep, I, you know, for me now it, it's the sleep. Uh, I just, I don't sleep very well at night. And so for me, it's, it's just now a sleep aid. Um, I've kind of grown from using it throughout the day and built my mental stability. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I would just encourage people to, you know, try it. And if it doesn't work, then, hey, you know, at least you know that you check that box and we can move on. But the good fight is always onward and up. And like I said before, we have to live for our brothers and sisters. And if this you know, beautiful plant can allow someone to do that and live life for their brothers and sisters, then hell yeah, like, get on it. But at the end of the day, it's it's an individual aspect, like you stated on them. And, yeah, you know, for, for me, it's beneficial, but for others, it might not be. But don't knock it before you try it. And, you know, go go forth with the good fight. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And always start small. So that way, you can kind of really test it out and see what works for you. And, and Definitely. hopefully, you know, those that do suffer with PTSD 
um, can find, you know, some balance with it because, you know, it, PTSD is what it puts you back into that fight or flight mode that you were in at that one time and haven't been able to kind of let go of. Um, so hopefully, yeah, cannabis can kind of help as many people as possible without building Absolutely. on anymore. I mean, the growth, the growth is coming too. And the, you know, the growth in it, you're seeing so many veteran companies now coming out and, um, you know, that are advocating it and, and hopefully starting to implement this change inside the veterans administration's offices and, and through legislation. Um, and I, I think once that happens, you know, and it might maybe becomes more legal on a federal level that, um, it could potentially be a little more accepted, you know, because there's there's always that taboo, right, in, in certain states and areas. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, in my personal story, it, it was such a catalyst for healing. And, you know, I will advocate it till till the day I die, because I also see the effects that it can have on other veterans and, and, and in a positive light. And so you are seeing that more veterans are being able to kind of access it now before other better now than they could before, but it's still a little taboo. Through the VA, I would say it's a little, yeah, taboo. And it it depends on what area you're in, right? Like California, most doctors, if you tell them, oh, I'm using medicinal cannabis, they're going to, they're going to be okay with that. Um, but I, I don't know, you go to some other states that, you know, maybe it, the state regulations are a little, little rough. Um, you know, that could potentially work adverse in, in some situations for some veterans, but you know, and then it, I think that the issue is getting it off the street, right? And and getting something that people can know that they're getting a decent product. And that's why I was so passionate with you guys, because I got to see the ins and outs of Autumn Brands and see how it's grown from the start to finish um, through the company. And, you know, that 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 to me was was the ultimate being able to see that and know from from grow to sale where that product is coming from and what's being put inside that product which is nothing right which is beautiful water and some nutrients and little beautiful ladybugs um, right <laughs> that is true it's, and that's why you know yeah having a pesticide free product and knowing what farm your your cannabis comes from is really important because then you know what you're putting in your body good. absolutely and we loved having you part of the team. You are always welcome to come back anytime. <laughs> always part of the team. Never, never leaving Autumn Brands, that's for sure. So you mentioned gummies might be your more go-to these days than, than maybe an inhalable or something else, or do you kind of try different types of products still? Um, well, you know, being outside of the country, I, I find it a little bit more of a hindrance to get the product, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, living down in Brazil, I would say um, it, it's very, very taboo here still. Okay. Um, so edibles are no-go um, down here. Um, I mean, I will say under the radar, it can be attained. but Uruguay. Um, Uruguay is legal, right? They are. Uh-huh. Okay. Uruguay, Yeah. And, you know, they're right, they're right across the border from us down here. But at the same time, it's, you know, here the, the legislation is, is pretty heavy. Um, but, I, I you know, I, I'm starting to see. I, th I think it'll start to level out somewhat a bit. I, I can't say yes or no. But, you know, I, I've honestly kind of grown from the usage of cannabis. Um, I, I don't use it very often anymore um, just because I I saw it as a way to, yeah, get me through the hard times. but um, now I've kind of built my mental resilience in that aspect and can now go forth with my day, um, without any kind of inebriation, which, you know, it's still a struggle. Don't get me wrong. Right. It's, it's some days are better than others. 
um, whether I slept good or, or whatever. But, you know, I, I'll say that my usage has pretty much depleted um, throughout the months here. Is that Does that change when I go to the United States? No, because it's readily <laughs> available, right? So, but I, I would say the edibles for me, if it was attainable, that would probably be something I would be more inclined to at the moment. To help with sleep. Yeah, sleep and some pain, you know, being yeah. an amputee sucks. Um, it has its days, it's good, but you know, there there's some days when it's like, ah, I don't want to take a Tylenol or ibuprofen. I could, you know, take a 10 or 20 milligram edible and, you know, hey, that'll, that'll do its job for me. Maybe it may be, and then some too. <laughs> and I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that the pain would continue after being, you know, amp after being an amputee. Like I thought, okay, well, it's been cut and sewn and this is yeah. where you go, but the pain does continue because your body's not the same anymore. Is that? And it, yeah, it, it depends on your, your leg as well. Like I'm in a, so I, I wear a prosthetic socket, right? Um, legs are always changing form. So you could be bottoming out in the socket all day. Um, I also had my right leg pretty drastically injured. Um, it, it was full on fractured all the way up to my femur, my knee. Um, thank God, you know, the doctors and surgeons were, I don't know, there's no word to describe what they did to save this leg. But, um, you know, the pain is there, the inflammation is there. Um, so, but yeah, it's uh, life continuance is still on, yeah. especially with a little yeah. child now. I got to be able to chase my son around and, <laughs> and you know, throw him around. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, our question of the day is how do you elevate daily? So, what are you doing now that? that get you through your day? I, I make sure to play with my son as much as possible in the morning. I notice that if that's not something that I do, um, it can have an effect on my day. And, you know, sometimes he's a little turd, right? He's like, ah, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to do anything. I'm sit here and I'm like, okay. Um, but I, I would say for me personally now, it, it is just time with my son and my wife and family um, because every day above ground now is such a blessing. And to be able to smile and laugh with them, you know, to start the day like that is, is a way to, to stay elevated um, throughout the day and just hold those memories because, uh, you know, we just don't know what tomorrow brings. But if we can know that we made the best of that day today, um, you know, that's something that I'll carry with me. Those are words to live by. I love it. Well, this podcast is an extension of Autumn Brands, which was formed by the passion and knowledge of two families that focus on wellness, balance, and a higher self. Our family farm along the coast of Santa Barbara County uses sustainable farming techniques, natural sunlight, and pesticide-free cultivation. You can find our products in dispensaries throughout the state of California, or we can deliver directly to your home in the Santa Barbara area. Go to autumnbrands.com and follow us on Instagram, autumnbrands underscore, to learn more. Thank you, Cody, so much for coming on today. It was great to see Autumn. you. So awesome to see you guys, and great to catch up. You know, like I said, um, you, you, got, you and the team there have been not, you know, so instrumental in my life as well and, and given me somewhat of a purpose again in that initial, um, you know, job that you guys gave me. And, uh, you know, I just want to, I'm, I'm highly thankful for that and, and even more so highly thankful to call you guys family. So thanks again. Likewise, we love you so much and we miss you and we can't wait to see you soon. Love you all too. Hopefully we make it happen. Okay. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs>